Welcome home to a life without limits, where you honor your alignment, nourish your soul, and awaken your inner goddess. Some days we fly, some, well, we've got you, sister. Abundance is your birthright. This is your remembrance. Hot Mess Goddess, juicy conversations for a luscious life. This week's episode with intuitive timeline therapist, addiction specialist, nutrition counsellor and transformation coach Krista Lachlan was pretty deep. She was fueled by her own past struggles being stuck in drug addiction, eating disorders, alcoholism and chronic anxiety and depression. And she's managed to come out of all of those and today she shares how. Welcome, Krista, to the Hot Mess Goddess podcast. It's been a while trying to get you on here, but I'm sure it's going to be so worth it. Yeah, it's taken a while. Everything happens at just the right time, and it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's always perfect. Now, we were talking just before we pressed record about you being niching down just in the last few months into addiction coaching, which is obviously a topic really close to my heart. I've always said to people, I have an addictive nature. It's not just all you do. So would you like to explain what your magic is? Oh, my magic. Yeah. Look, I actually just started in nutrition and mindset coaching 10 years ago because I was very passionate. I came from deep eating disorders. So I was very passionate about learning about nutrition. And what I kind of discovered really quickly was that I wanted to help people at a deeper level because it wasn't just about the food. There were a lot of unconscious beliefs and patterns that had people living the life that they were living, not just with eating disorders and emotional eating and things like that. And so what I do now is I work and behavior change. So I use a modality called timeline therapy and I work with people to help them identify their unconscious belief systems that have them living the life that they're not happy with. Really helping people to tap into and begin to feel their emotions, let go of emotional trauma. So I work in that unconscious space. And when we work in the space and clear these deeper issues, people start to be able to live a different life. And now to niche down even more, I've started to really focus this year on the area of addiction. So really working mostly with people who are struggling in any sort of addiction, um, because essentially we are addicted because we're pushing down trauma, blocked emotions, which are all linked to these unconscious beliefs. I was actually going to mention that because there's so many different sorts of addiction and some that you don't even realize that you even have, especially though, you know, the phone ones are pretty recent, but until you fix what's going on or not even fix, that's probably not the right term, but until you address what's going on underneath all of that, you're just going to find something else to replace that addiction with. It's never the alcohol or the food or whatever it may be. Yeah. And this is one of the very first steps, I guess, I encourage people to become aware of and to acknowledge. I always say awareness is the key to our transformation and a lot of people are addicted and they just don't understand why, right? And so it's, it's about firstly understanding that it's not about the food or the drugs or the sex or the shopping or the gambling. It's about the purpose that these vices and activities is serving. So these vices are actually serving a purpose and have been serving a purpose for a very long time. And that is essentially to keep us safe from our, our emotional trauma and the things within us that we haven't processed. 
And so, yeah, it's always about when people come to me, they want to focus on the food. They want to focus on controlling the food and controlling the alcohol and staying away from the alcohol or the drugs. But the work is to identify what it is that you're using the food and the drugs and the alcohol to push down. So why can't we feel our emotions? What's the block trauma? What are the limiting belief systems that are keeping you stuck? Yeah. And it can be huge. I remember as a late teenager, I was taking laxatives because I was tried to make myself puke and I just wasn't very good at that. So I went to the next best thing, which was laxatives and ridiculous exercising, but then I would come back and just gorge myself on food again. And I had no idea why I was doing it. Yeah. Food addiction. So my longest, I've been addicted to many things. My longest addiction has been food. So multiple eating disorders and with food, it's such a different and unique area with alcohol and drugs and gambling. We can stay away from those things, but with food, we have to not only heal the addiction, but we have to actually learn to nourish our body again and to to learn a different way of looking and viewing food because we have to eat. So if we look at belief systems, like if we have a a lack of self-worth and we don't think we're worthy or something has happened to us in our past where we feel like our worth is made up in the way that we look, someone might have said, something to us when we were little it could have been anything when you start looking into where beliefs were formed we will start to use food to control the way that we look because our worth is bound up in our body right and so we will go to any measure like laxatives and, and vomiting so to achieve the body because that's where we derive our self-confidence from so yeah food addiction is very complex and interesting yeah so we need education around the importance of food and nourishing our body but we can't do that while we're using food to we literally use food to tear us down because we don't like ourselves, we don't like who we are we don't even know who we are as an internal being and so we literally use food as a way to tear us down in doing that we become addicted to it because we are addicted to the need for people to look at us and praise us based upon our bodies so it just becomes this entangled mess of self-loathing disconnecting from self with food and then it branches out into literally just leaving that aside for a moment and the self-hate and the deriving our self-confidence from the way that we look which makes us eat the way that we eat, then we look at the fact that we use food when we are struggling. Like if we get stressed or the, or the kids are making us feel angry or we bring up some sadness, we use food literally in that moment to, this is all unconsciously, it's like one minute you might be going along fine, the next minute all of a sudden you're in the pantry eating biscuits and you don't even know what happened. It was so unconscious. So then this is another aspect of food addiction is we literally, in a moment, something's triggered our emotional state. We've gone from being okay to feeling stressed or sad or angry and then unconsciously in like a state of hypnosis, we're in the food because the food numbs us and stops us from feeling in that moment. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even like about this major trauma either. Like people are going, oh, I never had this major trauma. So I don't even know. It can't be that. And it's not even related, but I remember using food as a reward for my kids growing up as well. Like food's a really tricky one. Massive, massive. This is one of the examples I love to give in helping us to understand belief systems because a lot of the time people come to me and think, oh, this is too dark for me. I can't go into my belief systems because there must have been a massive trauma. And it often isn't. Like our beliefs are formed in such simple places. And the example I like to give, like with the food, it's like, why as an adult, when I've done so well during the week or for the last fortnight and I've looked after my body and I've trained and I've given myself the nutrition it needs, why do I reward myself with crappy food that makes me feel bad with lots of wine? Why is that my reward when it just undoes all the work I've done, put me into a vicious cycle? And the answer to that is, and this is just for you listening you know, today to understand how simply beliefs are formed. 
So as little children, when we were younger, our parents would reward us with a lolly if we behaved, did the right thing, did a good job today, did all our schoolwork. If we did well and behaved and did all the right things, we could be proud of ourselves and we would get a lolly as a reward. So the belief that is formed in a little child is quite simple. I behave, I do the right thing, I do well, I get sugar. There's nothing bad about our parents. We're not making our parents wrong, but this is the simple place that our beliefs are formed. And so that is a really deeply ingrained, simple belief. And that is why as adults, we just automatically reward ourselves with, with crappy food. So in and of itself, just bringing somebody and making somebody aware of why they do what they do and showing them where that belief was formed, it's super powerful. It actually loses its power. So people then start to, in the present moment, get to make a different choice, right? It's like, okay, I'm about to reward myself with chocolate or a binge. I now know that that belief was formed when I was five years old. I now have the power choice to shift and change that because it's not serving me. Yeah. Does it always have to be this long, drawn out, complicated process to shift that belief? Do you know what? I believe that, so that process then, say if someone came to me and that was a session, that wouldn't take long. Like the modality I use is timeline therapy. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long at all to just go back, identify it, create some new beliefs, like change those beliefs because it's a limiting belief. Literally speak out new beliefs. It's always really powerful to do it back in the timeline where it was created. There's a powerful energy shift that happens and then coming back to the moment. But that doesn't take long. But a lot of the time what I've found is that it's not enough to just, because these beliefs are so deep in our body, they've been there for so long, they literally run the show. They, they run your life. So what I've found is people can become aware of what their limiting beliefs might be. So I might know that I have, I think I have a belief that I'm too much. And so therefore I don't show up fully in my business. So I'm aware of that, but because it's so deeply ingrained in my body and it's linked to something from my past, I can't shift myself out of it. I actually have to do some work, usually get someone to guide me to just go back, clear it at a cellular energetic level. So what I'm saying is it's usually not enough, usually something depending on the, the belief, but we can just consciously go, okay, this is something I believe about myself. I'm aware of it. I get to create a new belief now and we can just speak out a new belief. Okay, I'm not worthy. Actually, I am worthy. I am capable. I am strong because our unconscious mind just needs to be rewired. And the way that we rewire our unconscious mind is through repetition. Perfect. Because I think a big one in me speaking addiction over myself, like it's, I used to joke about it. Oh my God, I have the most addictive nature. I could never try injectable drugs because that'd just be the end of me. So I knew not to go there, which was handy because I tried pretty much everything else, but it's still, I don't know. I remember making the decision to give up cigarettes and boom, that was it. I haven't touched another one since. Well, actually I did. There was an eight year gap and I think one traumatic event in my life, husband cheating, that sort of thing. Someone gave me one drag and I was straight back to a packet a day. Like it's crazy after eight years, how ingrained that stuff is. And the same with alcohol. I thought I was an alcoholic for years and years, had it every single day. And then I don't think I've had a drink since New Year's this year. And it hasn't been a conscious decision for me not to drink. I just haven't felt like it. It's, yeah, it's crazy when when you make that decision, what can happen internally? Yeah. And a lot of that is derived from, because I know that you've done a lot of work on yourself as we do work on ourselves, and we start to really tap into our self-worth and our worthiness and begin to love ourselves and know that we are good enough just as we are, right? As we start to connect to that, we then feel worthy and want to treat ourselves better. 
So we are able to choose where we have the alcohol because we've healed part of ourselves. We can choose to nourish our body more and to stay away from the cigarettes from a place of self-worth. That's where it all sort of comes from. That's why the deep work is really important because if you don't have any self-worth and don't believe in yourself and don't really love yourself and you haven't started that journey, why are you going to go to the effort of not saying no to alcohol? You know, it's like, why bother? I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm just going to drink and I'm just going to abuse my body. So it comes from that place of self-worth and thinking you're worth, you know, worth it. Yeah. And those two things in themselves too also made me realize that it wasn't the cigarettes or the alcohol that I was addicted to. Part of it was sugar because we know that's a chemical, but I went from one thing to another. And it took me a long time to realize that, yes, I'm amazing. I gave up cigarettes, but now I'm drinking every day. And sometimes I might start at one o'clock or when I, you know, I haven't been drinking this year, but some of these things, as you say, are so ingrained in us that I've been abusing my body more with food, especially having all the kids home with the COVID and everything else. It's like emotional chaos in my house sometimes. And it's like, I will reach for chocolate or I'll reach for strawberries Mm -hmm. dipped in chocolate. I'm being healthy, but yeah, that's what really made me realize that it wasn't the actual substance that was the issue. Yeah. And this is, you know, the beginning of my journey when I, this is when I made a decision 16 years ago in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous that I was going to figure out how to be free from alcohol because I observed, this is when I had no knowledge and I was deep in my own addiction, people in the rooms, God bless them, who hadn't used drugs for maybe a year, two years, five years, but I could see they were still deeply, deeply unhappy and addicted and that some of them had transferred their addictions to sex or other things or gambling that they just weren't using drugs and so that just just didn't sit right for me so I was like if I'm going to do this I'm not going to just live with my drug addiction I'm going to figure out how to become free so it's this thing of yeah unless we really tap into what it is that we're pushing down and disconnecting from with our vices, we will just shift from one vice to another, right? So great if we get off alcohol, but if we just transfer that to something else, it's that deeper layer that once you start to heal that, once you start to free yourself and start to allow yourself to feel your emotions, because addicts really struggle to feel your emotions and know that you're safe to feel your emotions. What happens naturally is as you heal, I always say, take your focus off the surface stuff, off, off the food and the drugs, focus on this as you start to heal and allow yourself to feel and clear all this internal baggage, what will naturally happen as it overflows, you just won't need the vices anymore because you won't have anything or as much to disconnect from, right? Yeah, totally hear you on that. It just makes so much sense. And I have even heard some people say, oh, look, it's just not worth the effort of going through all of that. You know, I've been doing personal development for how long now? I can't even count, but over 15 years. And it's like, someone will say to me, does that mean that there's just so much wrong with you? And it's like, no, you're forever growing. And they're always little layers to things. Like I am not the person I was 15 years ago, but does that mean I'm totally free from all the little things and the trainings from when I was a kid and all those little belief systems that have been ingrained in me and some of them generational, ancestral? No, it's it's a work in progress and always will be. Yeah, this is really important. And I really speak to this and I'm speaking to this a lot more. My definition of freedom from, I feel like people have this false expectation of what it is to be a human right and so freedom from addiction and this is what I speak to and tell people is that freedom of addiction is not to become a robot the purpose is not to get to a point where you don't feel you don't struggle you don't come up across trials and tribulations freedom of, from addiction really is about just clearing the clutter and the, the beliefs that don't serve you that come from other people in your life cutting the cord 
so that you might have the memory, but it no longer has a hold on you. Getting to a point in your life where you've cleared your emotional baggage so that you're free to feel healthy emotions in the present moment without all a lifetime's worth of blocked sadness or blocked fear. Getting to a point where you are free to embrace all of your humanness and feel all of your humanness in the present moment without feeling the need to disconnect using alcohol or drugs or sex. You have the power of choice in any moment to choose to sit in whatever it is that you're feeling. And it's not always about the lower emotions. It's like we actually struggle to feel the higher emotions. It's like to just be as you are right now, dealing with it, with whatever you have going on in your life and you have the power of choice. Like freedom from addiction is essentially getting to a point where you have the power of choice to say yes to alcohol or to say no to it. That's what it is. It's not about having all the work done. Like I sit in my shit every day, like every day. You, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't, it's just, it's not about not going through things. It's about just being able to sit in it knowing that's okay. You've got the tools and you don't have to disconnect with the vices. Oh, I love that you say that because having those tools is the most important thing. Journaling has become incredible mm. for me which is no surprise being a writer, but yeah, just being able to write my thoughts out and my feelings out because I'm not one that expresses. So I'm really glad you mentioned that it's also restricting ourselves from the highs because I feel like I'm always just, everyone's going, you're cruisy, cool, calm, collected. And I'm going, yeah, but I don't feel the high. I might not feel the lows because I've numbed myself for so long, but I don't allow myself to get up in the highs as often as I would like either. And I really see people that are so expressive. And that's, <laughs> that's my next thing that I'm working on is full expression of my whole being. I think that's the ultimate journey. It's getting to a point where you know and accept and love yourself so fully that you can actually express all of who you are to this world. And you can only do that when you allow yourself to see yourself. How can you express yourself fully if you haven't allowed yourself to see all that you are and be all of you are and your imperfection and your beauty? This is something that came along later in my journey. We think as addicts that we only push down the lower emotions. So we, we spend a lot of time in healing, helping our clients allow themselves to feel anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt, all those lower emotions that feel really uncomfortable in our body. But guess what? If we're pushing down the lower emotions, we're also unconsciously pushing down the higher emotions because if you allow yourself to actually sit in true love, joy, peace, bliss, they have a very strong emotional response in your body and they are also very hard to contain. And so addicts and people in general, they struggle to feel good. Actually, like when you feel really powerful and energetic and full of mission, that's a really intense feeling. And I know for myself, probably this is later in my journey, I probably only go back a couple of years, three years, two years, as I would find myself, I'd learned to sit in this, the lowest emotions. But as I was stepping into my power and, and, and stepping into higher energies, I literally felt like I couldn't contain it and I would feel like I needed alcohol to numb that high feeling. So it's interesting. We, we need to learn to allow ourselves as humans to feel this is our fullness, our full, all the beautiful higher emotions, all the beautiful lower emotions. Very interesting. Yeah. In fact, I've just had like this quite big drop in while we've been chatting. So thank you in advance for that. <laughs> I've just realized that's why I haven't had alcohol all this year because it used to be a daily thing for me. I'm like all or nothing, right? That's that addictive nature. So it'd be drinking a glass or two every day and it wasn't getting drunk, but mm -hmm. it was like that, ah, at the end of the day, that relief. And then <laughs> I could feel like I could be me. And when I used to drink, I used to say, well, I drink because it gives me confidence because I was quite shy. And so after drinking, I'd be up on the stage, 
singing away and dancing on the pool tables, whatever it was. And some of it wasn't very pretty at all, (laughs) but that was where I allowed myself to, you know, like the inhibitions are gone. So I was able to fully express, but sometimes those decisions were obviously clouded by the alcohol. So the expression wasn't always good. So I think that's obviously I made the decision to express more Mm. and I've removed the alcohol so I can really dive deep into my own expression. So thanks for that. Yeah, that's okay. You know, I really think, again, coming back to expression and how it's funny because we use alcohol and drugs to feel like we can express ourselves more freely and let go of our inhibitions. Whereas when we're actually expressing ourselves in that way, it's not actually a, a true self anyway, which is why we feel so bad. So again, coming back to that place, this was always my mission. And I even later in my journey just doubted I could ever get to that point. But getting to this point where you, you know, because we once could never express ourselves or speak our mind or do anything without being high, right? So I've come to this point myself as being able to express yourself fully, communicate and speak and have honest conversations, to go out and be with people, you know, have sex, whatever, from a place of being completely sober and so confident in who you are that you get to have all of these experiences and express yourself and be silly and dance and play, but fully sober, right? Like that is ultimate freedom. And I'm a little bit left field. I think sobriety is amazing, but I am an advocate for people when you are free from addiction, because everything is the meaning that you give it. Alcohol in and of itself isn't bad. Food definitely is not, even drugs to an extent, right? So again, I'm left field. If you can get to a point where you don't actually need any of that because you've healed yourself, but if you choose to go out and drink and enjoy yourself every now and again, it's done purely from a place of wholeness. You know, if someone wants to go out and have an ecstasy pill once every six months because uh, with friends, all from a place of wholeness, you know, you can have obviously sex from a place of wholeness, go out and go to the casino occasionally from a place of wholeness, just from pure enjoyment. This to me is freedom. Again, back to freedom of choice. I can choose to be me, but I can also choose to engage in any of these activities from a place of choice and wholeness and enjoyment. Yes, I love that so much because it's not like I'm planning to never drink again. Yeah. You know, I thought I might for my birthday this week, but I didn't for some reason. It's just the way it is. But it's interesting because we met doing plant medicine and I remember the first three hours of that, I think, I don't know, time ceased to exist. But for a long part of that process, I was beating myself up, going straight back into that, oh my God, I'm just drug fucked. What am I doing here? This is not plant medicine. I'm on drugs again. Oh my God, why did I make this decision? And that was part of my plant medicine journey was really beating myself up for doing it in the first place. Yeah. I remember having that conversation. I've had the same thing. I'm going through that same process. And that's part of what the plant medicine journey is, is it brings up all these unconscious, deeply trapped beliefs. Like you had that belief and that around the drugs and it was about it, it, the plant showed you that to bring it to the surface for you to process and let go of. But yeah, we do. We have this belief, whether it be alcohol or whatever, that anytime we use it, that it's wrong. And then we're just going back into our drug addiction. And it's really interesting, the self-talk and what we have ourselves believing. How have you been since then? Like, have you been able to clear that? Like, did you find that it helped to clear that guilt? Um, it as- did immensely because it had been, gosh, a long, long time since I'd had any form of drug at all. So going back into that was... It was really uncomfortable. It was a horrible experience. I'm going, oh my God, I'm never doing this again. But once I cleared through that and also felt really stuck, which was another part of my belief system, I guess, while we're going with belief systems, I always 
felt stuck in my life. Like I couldn't get to where I wanted to be because I was stuck. And I just remember sitting there thinking, I'm so cold. I'm under the air conditioner. Why isn't anybody helping me? I'm so stuck. And I would see other people walking around that I can't move. And eventually I got over that and got up and moved to where I wanted to be. And it was so simple. Once I made that decision, which took a bloody long time Mm. of feeling really horrible, Mm. everything became beautiful and everything shifted. And you see how that was just an actual manifestation almost of the way that you were living your life. Like I'm stuck, I can't move. Whereas in actual fact, you can get up and move anytime you want to, which is what that journey showed you. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, it was was profound. Yeah, so profound. And um, it just sits with you for life. And that experience and just for anyone, you know, listening, I guess, coming back to everything is the meaning that we give it. And so if we're on this healing journey, we get to let go of the guilt and the shame and our old belief systems around alcohol and any other activities like shopping, etc. And when we know that we're healing ourselves, we get to make a choice as long as we're super honest with ourselves when we have a drink of alcohol or when we go out and choose to use or have any vices, what place am I coming from? Am I perfect, whole and complete am I, as I am? Am I having this for pure enjoyment? And if I am, how can there be any guilt or shame attached to that? And if I do feel the guilt and shame like you did, where is that coming from? And I get to clear that. Yeah, it was a truly magical experience. And I remember- Let's go again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, COVID, bloody hell. From that experience though, even this podcast that we're on now, which I think I have been procrastinating and feeling stuck about for two and a half years, that happened. And it's been such ease and flow because I decided to actually unstuck myself and start it. It shifted a lot. Yeah, I've done two and life manifests very quickly afterwards. It has to because there's so much that is brought up and cleared very quickly and so much healing. And it's like the the light bulbs go off. The veil is lifted. Yeah. Yeah, And in saying that for anyone listening too, it was a very guided experience. It wasn't just buying some on the side of the road and going off and You know, it was it was an incredibly guided, beautiful, very held experience. So I felt safe the whole time in that sense. I wouldn't do it any other way. It was deep energy trauma, energy healing work. That was the intention. There is, I believe, and we believe more and more now that we can use healing modalities like timeline, like I do, to drop into and access our unconscious trauma. But there is some trauma or belief systems or blocked energy that is so deep in our unconscious, we literally cannot access it naturally. And so more and more now the plants are being very respectively brought in to help us tap into that deep trauma so we can let it go and so that we can heal and we can step into our true purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Like I find that with cacao i now have cacao daily she's a beautiful plant medicine and i love i, um, I love my half hay as you know yeah I've only tried that once actually, but it was incredible. Yeah, it was nasty luck. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Isis came through and that was the beginning of my connection with Isis too. So yeah, it's been a pretty profound year so far. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just think that, you know, the biggest message here really is just in the, when we're addicted, when we are using anything to distract from ourselves, like we, there is something that we are making wrong about ourselves. There is something that we are disconnecting from or disowning within ourselves. So if we can get to this point you know, where we just allow ourselves to be and allow ourselves to do crazy things and allow ourselves to be wrong sometimes and allow ourselves to be in our shit and allow ourselves to do plant medicine or allow ourselves to do whatever and just allow our humanness and all that it is and all that it looks like. This is the, the freedom from addiction. It's, embrace, it's embracing your humanness. 
Yeah, it's a big part of it because that's another thing I've been learning the last couple of years is the humanness is what we're here to experience. It's what we chose. It's not wrong to feel. It's not wrong to be angry to, you know, to all of those things that I suppressed for so long because I always believed that anger was so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So now just to be allowing myself to feel. Yeah. Straight away. It's like, I believe anger is wrong. That's a limiting belief. Where does that come from? When we were little children, whenever we were angry or sad or cried or had a tantrum, we were told to stop. Don't be naughty. Go to your room. So the belief is formed that the way I feel is wrong and I have to put a smile on my face, keep it all down so I don't get into trouble. That's the simple place it's formed, right? So we can let that go and allow ourselves to feel. Yeah, absolutely. Human beings, the human mind is just, when you actually start to allow yourself to look at yourself, we're amazing humans. We're amazing. We're amazing. And don't guilt yourself for being a parent that's done that either. Like we've all done that, right? People reached our our point as well, and it's like, oh, that's the whole podcast. Yeah, I. It's interesting because I have five children, and because I work in this area of beliefs, and I know where they're formed, I've had to really accept that I, I, I'm not always going to get it right, and my children are forming beliefs all the time, and I'm a good parent. So yeah, there's all of that. It's like it's not the parents' responsibility. We're meaning making machines. Humans are making meaning of everything all of the time. So yeah, it's interesting as a parent. FYI. It's not all on you. It's not all your responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's what I guess comes back to, you know, with addiction, that it's not all some major trauma that we've had. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's incredibly traumatic, you know, a really traumatic experience that has formed all of this in our bodies. Sometimes it's a combination of something that's been really traumatic and something that has been, you know, I think I've had um, kinesiology and we've gone in and it's like, are you serious? (laughs) This whole thing that's been stopping me from moving forward is from that. You're kidding me. And just these tiny little beliefs that are formed. And that's what we're here as humans to process. That's part of our journey. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting when my clients come to me and I ask what's coming up for them and they'll say oh there's just this little thing but that's not important I'll always focus on that little thing because what will happen is when you go in it's actually massive it's like a really big thing that was really sneaky and, and they're like wow I did not know that this small thing was attached to this and it was really holding me back so yeah it's it's paying attention to those little things and this is why um, the journey never ends like I know for myself I literally even though I've done so much work and I do what I do I literally feel like I'm at the beginning of my journey every day like little things I'm just really committed and, and aware right so I'm committed to my processes and things come up every now and again and I'm like oh God damn it, I thought I dealt with that belief, but there's a sneaky little element to it that's still there. Always another layer. Yeah. And so do you have any favorite rituals that you do on a daily basis or a weekly basis or like you have a bit of a list that you choose from to do that you absolutely love that you'd recommend? Yeah, look, I'll be honest, I... I love breath work. I don't do it a lot. Anything we were connecting back into ourselves and really connecting into and noticing how we're feeling and how our energy feels so that we can go into our day connected to how we feel and what our energy feels and I guess protect ourselves and not be so impacted by everyone around us and all of our energies. So meditation is my favorite. So just dropping in every morning, taking some quiet time to connect with self, setting intentions from that place for the day, this is how I feel. This is my energy, which I'm going to protect. This is how I choose to be today. These are the steps I choose to make and I'm going to allow myself to be in all of it. 
So just that quiet meditation time, which I love music. It can be with music. It doesn't have to be long, even just five minutes. Just drop into your body and pay attention to yourself for that day. And journaling, super powerful. And I know you love journaling. Just writing down how you're feeling. It, it, there's a huge amount of power just in getting what is in your mind that feels cluttered and expressing it out into paper. Yeah, those would be the two main things. I know there's so many, you know, some people find moving to music is a great form of releasing energy from the body. So if you're feeling a lot of tight energy, and you just want to move it meditation sitting still isn't always you know you can do your quiet meditation connect with yourself and then do a little bit of dance to music to shift your energy around i've found too that makes a massive difference in the days where i don't do that Mm -hmm. i'm a lot more susceptible to whatever's going on around me to take that on board and react instead of respond and maintaining my energy and also too the times that i haven't i do it in the evening and the morning too but the times that i haven't done that i'm a lot more likely to fall back into the those old habits of emotional eating it, it makes a big difference yeah absolutely the, yeah i think these rituals are really really important because it's again it's just connecting in with, with yourself it's like being aware of yourself and how you feel i always you like to say to people because often people get so they might do that in the morning their day gets carried away and they get things happen and they start to feel negative but just to let you know that you have the power to shift your emotional state at any moment during the day just because you have a, a bad moment at 10 a.m a lot of people will just say okay my, my day is ruined so any time during the day you get to shift your emotional state if you get caught in something that where you feel a bit low or negative you have the power to shift your state by just choosing a different thought acknowledging how you feel and what's happened and in that moment dropping back into your body and choosing something different it's like no i choose to change my day i choose to shift back into a pace of positivity so we can do that right throughout the day just having that awareness yeah i love that rather than just a morning thing we have the power all day, every day to choose in any given moment. Yeah, it's powerful. Super powerful. Are there any other tips and things you have? Like if someone's sitting, listening to this going, ah, oh, you know, yes, I have this massive addiction or even a little addiction that doesn't seem like something major, like the stuff you were talking about, it doesn't always have to be major. How do you make that first step to actually know that you want to shift it? The first thing I say to people, and I can talk about this for a whole hour, it's an old subject, but what I'd just love to impart now is, you know, first surrender. A lot of us fight the fact that we're addicted. Oh, I'm not addicted because it's only food or I'm not addicted because of that. Just allow yourself in the moment, if this has resonated with you, to just go, you know what? I surrender. I have an addiction. And in that surrender, it's like it actually allows you to move. As long as we're saying we're not, it just keeps us disconnected from it. So surrender to what is, I'm addicted. And as first steps really simply start to pay attention to your triggers. So when you're going along fine and all of a sudden you feel this need for alcohol, you have this shift in your emotional state and you feel like you need food straight away, just stop and pay attention. What just triggered you? These are the questions I want you to ask yourself. What just triggered you that has made you feel like you need food when you felt fine five minutes ago? Okay, your triggers are powerful. So what just triggered you? And then ask yourself in that moment, what is the emotion I am feeling that I'm wanting to disconnect from? Because often this stuff we're not even aware of. So this is just going to start to make you aware of what it is you're doing and why. So when you have an emotional shift, you feel fine, then you don't, and you're in the pantry or you're down at the wine shop, just pause for a moment. What just triggered me? And what is the emotion that I'm feeling that I'm wanting to disconnect from right now? And that will start you on your journey. Super powerful. Because I think they say, I'm not sure how it is with 
food or alcohol or anything else, but certainly with cigarettes, I think I was told for a while there that if you could get past that first few minutes, then you were fine again until the next trigger. So I guess it'd be really powerful to have that little trigger diary or something like that, you know, to take, okay, righto, I really feel like one right now and have it handy on the kitchen bench or in the car or wherever you are, have a couple of them lying around and write it down. And it'd be really interesting for a couple of weeks to read over that. Like it'd be so powerful to look back on and go, okay, well, there you go. Yeah, awareness is the key to the transformation journey, just becoming aware of why you do what you would do, what you do. It's like, wow. And, you know, part of my journey was actually, and this is what I teach, I couldn't just stop drinking. I just stopped the binging. So I actually did this process, like actually even when I was in the addiction and still drinking and still binging, I would actually allow myself, I would start to notice why I was doing what I'm doing. What are my triggers? Why am I doing this? What am I pushing down? But I would still sometimes have the food or I'd still sometimes have the alcohol and that had to be okay. But I allowed myself to learn about myself as I did it. And gradually what happened is the more I learned and grew, that kind of just fell away. So it's about just doing things the way that you need to do them, but just really becoming aware of what it is you're pushing down. And did you have a defining moment where it, it particularly for say the drugs and alcohol, did you have a defining moment where it was like, okay, I've hit rock bottom here. Something needs to change? Uh, yeah, the drugs were 16 years ago and that was very much a typical heavy drug rock bottom out using, like I ended up, you know, I just completely defied all my morals and I was in Australia. I actually moved from New Zealand to Australia to get clean, came here and went back into drugs, just spiraled down with people in NA. So I just really got to my rock bottom. That was a big shift for me 16 years ago from the drugs, but I still had a lifetime worth of addiction to other things that I had to work through. Um, and there was really no defining moment with the alcohol and that food. It carried on for a long time through motherhood. It was a very long and gentle process. Yeah, I think probably a year ago, I've had a massive journey this past year. I just got to a point where I actually said to the universe, okay, because I'd done so much work and I was in the industry doing what I I'm doing but I still could feel the corners of the edges of my addictions it's like what's wrong and so I just put out to the universe you know I it was all about love right so addiction is we're disconnected from love so my defining moment was putting out to the universe that I want to because I've been disconnected from love my entire life I want to be universe I want to be connected to love fully whatever that looks like and I want to be able to give and receive love fully and so from that place my life has completely fallen apart and changed in lots of good and hard ways so that was probably another pivotal moment. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's amazing how it always does come back to that one thing, love. Yeah, everything. Every time. Everything. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so, so much. Your wisdom has been really profound today and inspiring and given me a lot to think about. So I really appreciate your time today, Krista. Thank you. It's been really good to share and talk with you and yeah, just talk about these subjects that are really important. Yeah, definitely. I really appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you for having me. We so appreciate you taking the time to listen in. It'd be great if you could rate, review, follow, subscribe and share the love. 